You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. You don't know about the, the other side of the pyramid? The fifth side? It's called the floor, you dumbass. <laughs> I just want to make sure he realizes there is a fifth side of the pyramid. And I believe none of them, which makes me an expert. Lord, 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 Lord. put a dollar in the boxer. You got to put boxer. <laughs> yeah, that's right, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Cryptid Conspiracy Cult with your host, Chris fucking Morrison. And today I got another guest, the one and only Alex Stiff. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the show. It's been a minute. Me and Christy have been trying to keep the pillars up on the shows as much as possible y'all been killing it i love it i love it trying to knock out four episodes in a day before <laughs> i finally sundown and go to sleep with a sun drop in my hand and hey here we are doing the same thing oh yeah i'm out of rc uh but no this this podcast isn't fueled by dated sodas <laughs> fueled by dated beliefs the dated beliefs but today we got a special one for you today we're not talking about no creature feature today it's not really a cryptid or not even a conspiracy i'd definitely say a cult a it cult is. of personality cue the fucking saw cult of personality <laughs> fucking <laughs> look in my eyes what do you see thank you grand theft auto san andreas for introducing me to a wonderful litany of songs like that one but no uh, we're going to be talking about the uh the cult of personality of seed faith. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, seed faith is the belief that once you put money into a church or a minister's hand, that it comes back to you tenfold. And it also is a belief that Jesus only loves you and bestows great things on you if you believe him and makes you rich. Yes. It's also known as the prosperity gospel. Yes. Uh, going into the prosperity gospel just a little bit, it, it, it derives itself from a little thing called tithing. Uh, tithing is a old school tradition from the Jewish faith that bled into the Christian faith uh, to where you give 10% of your money to the to the church. However, this was under the guidance that the church was the governing body. So it worked as a town hall. Much like we pay taxes, the tithe was a tax on religion. So what they would do is they take the money, use the money for the church, and when shit came nasty, you run to the church for protection. That's what it's for. <laughs> People kept doing it because secular governments came up with power. Now we have taxes, and the church is, well, you still got to pay us, but wow. Why? You don't have an army. We will. <laughs> Eventually. We will have a holy army. Yeah, so that's that's basically <laughs> the story of tithing. But uh, it, it actually just comes from a little tiny bit from the Bible, from uh, the Old Testament of how the Jewish people of the Jewish faith uh, kind of protected themselves as a community. Uh, raised whole kingdoms rise and fall through tithing um, it isn't until actually a, it kind of contradicts itself where Jesus says give unto God what is God and unto Caesar's what is Caesar's which basically said give your soul to God but give the government their money <laughs> is a nice solid way of saying shut the fuck up and just give me your money um, 
Yeah, before the episode kicked on, um, I kind of gave you a little bit of, um, I wouldn't say backstory, but a little bit of a uh, history on the fact um, this is not something that I'm as green on as, you know, folks would expect. Uh, on the note of tithing, actually, uh, we were we were part of three different churches uh, when we were in Roanoke, Virginia, and I'm not here to spread any sort of, you know, hate or anything. So, I'm, so I'm not, I'm not going to be naming any church names or pastor names or anything like that um but i will associate them as church one church two and church three and it was never a problem so it'll only be one and two um first baptist bar and grill picture <laughs> timmy picture tim's um church number out for the sake of the story i can't remember the exact order but for this case church one um our youth pastor fucking amazing dude uh, always are man and seriously like to this day he's still on my facebook friends list he's no longer part of the church doing anything like that not gonna say what he does now but let's just say um it, it's not like working a strip club or nothing but like you something you wouldn't expect you know an ex you know youth group pastor to actually be doing and it's sells, actually sells propane and propane accessories <laughs> he is a regular old hank hill yeah but no he, he was just a real dude you know he ran the place under the guise of look Kids have two options in, you know, this town. One, they can hang around downtown, you know, and get into some trouble. Or they can hang out here where we've got some snacks, a TV, a video game system. And for maybe about 30 minutes, we'll talk about God. But after that, um, this is kind of just meant to be a quote-unquote safe space for kids. And that's the way he ran it. He was awesome. He got nosed out of the church because he was running into personal financial problems. A lot of bills and things were piling up. A lot of problems were happening in his home, and he was no longer tithing. The church started taking it out of his paycheck. Yeah, they can do that. And he left. Yeah. Um, and shortly after, we left. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we ran into a situation like that when i was around 13 uh we had found a church i think i had brought up on the show before um and my dad you know who was in the military before uh and grew up in the old south um way of thinking uh didn't turn out old south like so my dad is not some old southerner asshole um so we went to this church he was really excited because it was people he knew when he was a kid uh, we go to this church, and they tithe, and it's ten percent. And when you do the math on that, that that for us that was eighty bucks a week. Okay. Well, some of the, uh, you know, when you when you went to church, like I don't know how you guys did it, but when we went to church, we went to church early on Sunday, went to Sunday school, and then came back to the chapel, and then had the rest of the day from eleven to twelve, as service. Well, during that time, uh, some of the parishioners or whatever you call them started talking bad about a guy who was with a a non-white woman and talking down. And my dad's like, that's enough of that. We're going to walk it out. And that's why we left. And he told me, he's like, we were spending like 80, 90, 80 bucks a fucking week to just go to there. I'm just like, you didn't even have a show. <laughs> the music sucked. Yeah, we were the ones doing the singing. God <laughs> damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but he was Rob Zombie in this bitch. What? But like the whole time, but every now and then we would go to the church on like a Saturday morning, which is fucking bullshit, uh, and do work on the church. 
which I have no problem with that. That For me, a perfect church is a church where we all go to and help each other out. If we all went to the same church and I'm preaching, so, hey, everyone, Brother Alex is having some trouble with some bills. I would ask anybody, give what you can give, your time. If you want to give money, give money. But if you could, let's all go to his house one day this week, get some volunteers and help him straighten his house up. Hey, he's moving soon. He's not moving far. Can we all get some... Can we get some brothers together to go help them out? That's my idea of a church. And this is why I don't have one. Because people don't volunteer time. Because that's worth money. So, I digress. But no, it it, it is a big part of that. Uh, my great-grandfather was a Baptist preacher, but that wasn't part of his thing. Right. They had a little plate that would hand out. Mm-hmm. But if it was empty, it's empty. Yeah. They didn't care. You know, because he he was about preaching. Yeah. He was about getting his little Plymouth van, going from house to house, preaching the word. Meet you on Sunday if you're there. You're there. Praise God. Blah right. blah blah. Dude, I've went to churches of all kinds, and they're all just like you put money in the goddamn box. They don't oh. say goddamn as much, <laughs> but <laughs> they're not Jim Jones. <laughs> yeah, honestly, anytime we were in a church situation we wound up making our exit usually related to money or the pressure of you're not providing to the church you're not being a good christian that kind of mindset it all came down to like the money Mm -hmm. except for church number two which we'll talk about a little bit later on church number two i actually would like to talk with someone I reconnected with a few years ago that also went to that same church. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, well, it, it'll tie into other things we're going to talk about in here, but it's a little taste preview. Uh, she hit me up and she was like, Hey, long time no talk. I was like, yeah, how's it been? The set and the other house, the kid, the set and blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, it's great. Blah, blah, blah. She goes, um, do you remember much of your time at church? Number two? I was like, I, I remember the place. I remember Pastor So and So. I remember you and blah 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 and blah blah blah. You know, one of my exes, you know, went to that church. She's like, you know, that was a cult, right? I was like, mm, what do you mean? She's like, no, that was absolutely a religious cult. Do you remember we did this and we did this and this? And she started laying everything out for me, and I'm like, oh, that may have been why we just kind of quit going all of a sudden one week. Like, it just it quit being part of the conversation. Like, we just kind of quit going. Yeah, just like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that, that, and there there were some similarities to some uh, rather scammy, culty, Christian-like oh, yeah. organizations we'll be discussing here. Um, and that's part of the reason I even brought up this episode to you is, you know, we had mentioned a few times, you know, just, you know, the goofy televangelists and shit like that and the faith healers and all this shit. So, another part, another part of prosperity gospel is... There is a grift. It's not so much of give me money, give me money. It's give me money and I'll do this with the power of God. So for those who don't know, uh, this actually stems from evangelical Christianity, uh, formerly known as tent preaching. Uh, traveling preachers would go to revivals. And I know people who are listening probably don't know what this is. Down south, revivals are big. 
So every now and then you would have a church revival. That's where they take the preaching outside. They set up a giant tent. There's chairs sometimes. And then they put a little stage out. And it was to boot and rally the community. A lot of food was served. It was a community outreach event. And it was to evangelize, evangelize the Word of God, which is actually something that's in the Bible that the prophets do. Um, but going into that, it becomes a show, a form of entertainment almost. Uh, the Pentecostals use snakes uh, because of a, a stretch of fucking scripture that says, my power, my power and belief in the Lord will protect me from the serpent's bite. And that's why they handle snakes. Every little religion uses some little niche thing and makes it a show and like in the reality of like the snake thing they always choose a breed that's non-aggressive and like won't bite and shit for the most part except for the ones that didn't do the research so down south especially in the appalachian mountains they use timber rattlers a very venomous rattlesnake what they don't do is show you the bite marks on their arms where abscesses have formed where it looks like they have knots and rocks (laughs) under their skin uh, because they got bit by fucking snakes, and, and, and a lot of times they'll find ways to even like take the sacks out or even or t- defang the them. Yeah, yeah. So I went to a, a Pentecostal church once and saw the snakes up close, and it opened its mouth and it didn't have fangs. So still a good show. It was worth the five dollars in the box. So like I will say that it's worth the show. I have yet seen a rock show come close. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, you didn't see that one Aussie show, so yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's my problem. I didn't see that one bat get ripped his head off. But, uh, but with with prosperity gospel, it's also the act of faith healing. Your belief that the preacher himself is a conduit of God to cure the ailment that you have. The contradiction is God gave you that ailment for a reason. Yeah, so... A lot of this actually really rings home because I started pulling out my phone. Because you love Star Wars. Well, (laughs) when you start mentioning all this, I immediately started pulling out my phone because as we're talking about this, I'm remembering different things that connect to all of this. Mm -hmm. So part of the the boot and rally of the community, the um, taking it outside. Yeah, yeah, revival. Revival, thank you. That completely jogged my memory that I was actually part of one. Yeah. Uh, a church that my grandmother was going to in Concord, North Carolina. I do not remember the name. Um, I remember that it was... First Creek Church of the Holy Jesus. <laughs> it's it, always like a sentence. Holy, that's what it was. I do remember... <laughs> I, I, you're not far off, man. You're not. Like like fucking South Park with their Soto Sopa. Oh, yeah. And we have Noda and, yeah. <laughs> and Plaza and, and, new, and new South Boulevard is going to be solo. What's the low part? Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it either, but it's like low die. I would kind of understand, you know. Yeah, but lower so district, low, but yeah, south lower district, south low die. I don't get it. Either like, way, yeah, it was some sort of word salad thing like that, and I remember the setup being I hate the future. I remember the setup. It almost looked like an old VW hall. Uh, you just walked in. You had the fold-out chairs, a Tables. makeshift pulpit, the table off to the side with a million fucking pamphlets. Oh, yeah. Because you're supposed to go out and spread the word. Mm-hmm. It's an evangelical church. Yeah. And get your nice shoes on, get your Sunday best, and go out there and start knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. 
and and it's so interesting too man like looking back on this with like new perspective you know as an adult this would have been around the same time period you know i still had like my blue hair and shit but i was still like the good christian kid you know my actually one of my favorites to listen to at that time was jay baker jim baker's son yeah because jay actually took what his father did wrong and kind of used his faith and his word to be like i'm going to repair what my father did so that was kind of his thing and he was and he labeled himself like the punk rock preacher he started his own church revolution church uh there was even one that was being held here in charlotte uh at the milestone by jonathan hughes Mm -hmm. the singer of 25 minutes to go and one of the bartenders there he was officially part of revolution church for a while that's because jim baker was huge in north carolina (laughs) that is correct um so yeah so of course they had a thing here and i met jay once and he was really cool and from all accounts jay is nothing like his father so kudos to him so i knew my shit and i could play along you know when i went had was dragged along to these church functions i knew how to act right i wasn't going to act like the snotty punk rock kid and these church people at this specific one loved me they loved me for the fact that i was a respectable young man however I liked edgy things. I had edgy hair. Oh, he's so cool. Really boosting me up on that. Then a revival came. Hey, do you want to say some words to everyone? No. Well, I just think it would be... No. Uh, That's a hard no, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The amount of pressure they were trying to apply on me to speak and say a few words was astounding to the point where like i had to like call my grandmother over and like get her to say no for me like they weren't dropping it and come to find out later when i heard rhett and link from good mythical morning mention it because they have a podcast called ear biscuits where they really kind of dive in and they they break down the showbiz and they give you them uh they've talked about their spiritual deconstruction and through and i'm not going through that but they did and through that they discussed carolina as well yes they are um they discussed the fact that these churches were very interested in the offbeat kids that had talent because they Rhett and link were also picked like that they would the church would fund certain talent shows mm-hmm. they would fund certain little things to get Rhett and link in the public eye to get them on national television so they could preach to the producers, to the other cast members. They could be the light in it all. Rhett's talked about this a few times. That's the only reason he applied to the real world, is the church was pushing him to do it so he could be the light on the show and help possibly reach a much Mm -hmm. wider audience and bring them into the gospel. It's really weird to look back and be like, ooh, I was like on step one of that. All right. So this is not a new thing by a long shot. So 
the object of evangelizing is not just to spread the word, but to spread the area of effect. That sounds like a and d term, but it's because it is. And it's all showman. It, yeah. it is wrestling. Yeah, so there is a little bit of kayfabe to it. People that are part of this who are not part of the church now are people we know. Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, Ryan Gosling. They got their start in churches. Mm-hmm. But then their parents separated them from that to continue on their career. A fun, will, a, a weird little thing about this is when we talk about other cults, um, you know, the, the ones that are known as cults, uh, Jim Jones. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. Yeah. But he would cherry pick. Along with Kenneth Copeland. Uh, uh, yeah, Kenneth Copeland. Uh, but when you talk about cults, you know, you're talking about Jim Jones, David Koresh. David Koresh was very musically talented. He played in a band outside of the church, and that's how he would get more people on the compound. He would go to bars and stuff and play, and they'd be like, hey, man, that's a pretty good set. Blah, blah, blah. You sounded like Bad Company. Hell yeah, man. I love Bad Company. You know that song, Bad Company? I'm Bad Company. Fucking awesome, man. Bad Company. Um, but that's how that worked. But then you have these prosperity ministers. Uh, the story of Jim Baker, however, is a two-sided coin because Jim Baker wanted to create a Christian utopia fun land. Not far where Dollywood was. Um, and what happened was... He and correct had, me if I'm wrong, isn't one of his it's um, still around. buildings here in North Carolina and it's abandoned? Yes, in the mountains. That's what I thought. It's a. It was going to be a Christian hotel retreat. So what happened was he had this grand idea of a retreat for his people to go to, relax like a resort. But it's for Christians. And it was going and to be absolutely no fucking. There it, would be no fucking involved. Not none. And that's the thing about Jim uh, Jim Baker. It wasn't a sex thing for him that got him fucked over. I thought part of it was. That's part uh, of the reason I said that. Uh, yes and no. Okay. So what happened? What what really fucked him up was because uh, I read that book, Son of a Preacher Man, by Jim, Jay Baker. Um, him and his wife were the Christian couple on television. Uh, and just like wrestling, they had a small local market. Uh, before the WWF, there was Appalachia State Wrestling or Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. You know, you had to go to these places and see, you know, Andre the Giant fight fucking Husker Du Jones or whatever the fucking name it was. You know, some stupid fucking name. Um, or Wahoo McDaniels or something like that. Somebody <laughs> real, you know. But like, I wish fucking Doc Hammer, I wish Hammer was here. I know, right? He'd be like, it's this and this and yeah. this. But uh, there is the idea of regional religion, and Jim Baker had it on lock. The problem was Jim Baker met a guy named Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell was the radio Christian and head of Liberty College. I know all about the Jerry Falls. So Jerry Falwell, while he was having his war with the FCC – talked Jim Baker into using the money he was getting from his churches to fund the giant Christian hotel and borrow some money. So Jim had to make that money back. So he had to raise the price on the hotel. And this is what fucked him up with the government 
because now he was buying property as part of the church but creating a business which you can't do until now until the year 2002 where they said it was okay you could do shit like that but that's part of a conspiracy called operation snow white uh i'll get to that on another episode involving scientology uh because that's real uh but and it's a funny little pin when you mentioned Jerry Falwell, it triggered a little memory. So as I mentioned, Jonathan Hughes, uh, he, who did the branch of Revolution Church here, his band Twenty Five Minutes to Go had a song called "The Bigger They Are, The Harder They Fall Well." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Jerry Falwell was the Rush Limbaugh of Christians. It's it's hard to explain like what his like place was uh, because another thing we're talking about when we're talking about prosperity gospel, it's not a sect of Christianity. You know, we grew up down here where there's Baptists, Presbyterians, and Methodists. Maybe uh, Episcopalians. Maybe. Maybe Methodists. I mean, they only eat fish. That's yeah, a little weird. <laughs> but, like, Lutherans aren't that popular down here until you hit the Virginia line or Pennsylvania. Uh, Catholics. You know, we, there's a lot of Catholic friends of ours in West Virginia. Um, but it's not big down here. But for Jerry Falwell, that wasn't the thing. We're just Christians. And that was that new way of getting people in the door. It's just like, well, I had a problem at the Baptist church. I had the a non-denominational. Yeah, yeah, and that's all well and good. But uh, the King James Version Bible is all you need because it's right. If you listen to an earlier episode that probably comes up before this, when you burn enough people alive, your chucking book is right, all right? So, like, when King James made his book, maybe shut the fuck up. <laughs> Not this new international pussy version <laughs> where everybody's okay. <laughs> and, and actually, but like, before, t- t- but like that's when the sex thing happens with Jim Baker. Gotcha. And then that leads into the embezzlement, and that's why he really goes to jail was the embezzlement. The sex thing was just a topper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, we, I, don't, like we I, don't know his preference, okay? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as an interesting little side trail to the, uh, the cult of personality and everything else even when i was younger and and as a preface to all this you know i don't wear it on my sleeve but i still do consider myself a christian this is not coming from someone that has rejected the christian faith this is coming from someone that has looked at a lot of people abusing the christian faith and going i don't associate with you Mm -hmm. um i even when i was younger and kind of like figuring out my place in all this i found it so odd how there were so many translations of the Bible and different wording and how like you could read a specific passage in say the new Kings James version. And then you could read the exact same passage in say a Bible for kids edition. And it's worded so differently that it almost has a completely different meaning. Yeah. So you have what's called simplicity translation. Uh, the new international version does this. There are some weird things they change. Uh, for one, is like one of my favorite books is the Book of Revelation. Um, Gee, I wonder why. Because uh, it's metal as fuck. That's what I was about to say. I was like, it's like the, literally the most metal part of anything. It's just the meatloaf cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, the but, skies will open up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah this is, but there's a there's there's a weird little change in it. So. In the one I had, which was a Bible my aunt gave me, uh, behold in low a pale horse, and the man that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him, and the arm the fourth of the armies fell to his sword. 
That's Revelations chapter 6, verse 8. That's a very simple one to remember. But in another Bible that says King James on it, it says, Lo and behold, a pale horse and the man that rides on him is death and hell follows with him, and the quarter of the world falls. So they they cherry pick the words a little bit, and it's just enough to piss you off. Well, and, and it is, and it's also just enough to where it's like, you know, that's one passage that, you know, in the grand scheme of things is kind of inconsequential yeah. and a bit negligible when it comes to, you know, any sort of teachings. That does get a little murky, though, when the problem I have a lot with a lot of mainstream Christianity is using passages as a weapon instead of a tool yeah so that because to me there's a difference between a tool and a weapon and my grandmother god rest her soul was very good at using passages as a weapon Mm -hmm. if she had a problem with something you were doing she would spit out that verse to explain why what you were doing was wrong not only disrespecting her but you're also now disrespecting the word of god with by your actions Um, a good entertainment version of this is a show we've both watched. Um, uh, uh, not Black Mass. Uh, Midnight Mass. Uh, where the priest starts going off on a tangent toward the end after the church starts to get filled mm-hmm. when he's describing the army of God, of the Lord, as opposed to the teachings of the Lord, which right. the teachings of Jesus is basically the golden rule you know treat people like you want to be treated help the lesser you know uh, forego all possession help your neighbor love thy neighbor as thyself you know you know some golden rule shit yeah shit that anyone from anywhere could agree on yeah yeah treat people like you want to be treated the golden rule which actually in the bible that's that came later um but with with that being said you have people that create the army of God and use passages that way. Uh, and it's a great way to hook young people, and it's a great way to hook old people. Mm-hmm. Because the end goal is to create a fantasy where you're right, they're wrong. And if you think about it, it's a target mechanism too. Uh, if I see someone who's in distress and say, Hey, I know you're in bad times. I know it's I know it's bad. I totally know it's bad. And the people that did this to you, you know what? They don't have God in their heart. So everything bad will happen to them in the end. But you, you got Jesus. You got me to help you along. All you got to do is hand me some money and we'll get you get you down the right path. And that's where that one little sentence fucks up the game mm-hmm. because now it becomes a show. Yeah, That's the kayfabe part of it. And the whole point of doing this is not just the money. It's the power that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Because Which, which yeah. ties into what I was saying. So now you've got these people that are going, well, according to this Bible verse, you give me this money and everything is going to be cool with you. What translation are we pulling this from? Is this a new wording? Is this a new take on something? What did the original scripture say? What did the first translation say? Let's actually look at that 
because that's going to be the closest word. Because I remember there was this one specific verse that really struck me odd. And I can't pull it now because, again, now I'm remembering all this as we talk. But it had to do with homosexuality. Leviticus. There was the New King James Version that was rather fire and brimstone over the idea of homosexuality. Yes, I- and then in the New International or whichever version I was reading as a comparison, it was a lot more like, hey, we're saying this to preserve our well-being. It was under the guise of another man should live with another man. They kept thus be they be stoned or something to that effect yeah leviticus i think chapter eight and then they kind of reworded it to it's seen as a sin because of our dwindling population it so if you were to do something that would go against the dwindling population that would be against yeah. god's word yeah so the whole book of leviticus is a book of rules for jews uh that's what it is that's what's always has been that's all it will be it's just uh, me i can't have long hair can't have scarred skin a certain way a colored skin of paganism uh you can't eat fish or you, you can't eat bacon you can't yeah. eat you can't eat pork uh you can't eat shellfish and the reason those rules exist is because those foods weren't treated right and they would make you sick and die yeah so don't Pig, fucking do pigs that. were nasty animals and yeah. shellfish is essentially bugs of the sea yeah but in the original hebrew translation in the book of leviticus man shall not lay with child as he does with a woman because in Hebrew, it's a numerical language. Letters have numbers attached to them, and each number has a value. So when you speak it, it has to sound a certain way. That's why they're when they do their uh, uh, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, when, when they're reading, is a song or a psalm. That's what that is. The Song of Solomon is literally a song in Hebrew. And because we don't speak fucking Hebrew... We don't know really what it says. It just says man shout nay with another man because it just says boy. It's anti-pedophilia, not anti-homosexuality. Yeah. But with all the rules of Leviticus, there's so much more on top of that. Mm-hmm. I, we would both be stoned because I'm wearing polyester and cotton. Oh, yeah, and I got the long hair and the scarred skin, so. <laughs> yeah, you're cool with that race of sub-Saharans. Yeah. <laughs> you're going straight to hell because you think Arabs are people. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, when it does come back to this whole different branches of Christianity, whether it be the Baptist, Presbyterian, mm-hmm. the Evangelical, non-denominational, it gets even more in that gray area. If we're able to sit here, you know, I would say, you know, casual Christian over here and someone that just has knowledge of the faith across from me, if the two of us can, you know, spit out these basic facts, someone that does this day in and day out and studies the word is going to know exactly which version of the scripture they need to use to trick and pull that kayfabe and get the congregation on their side. So- so there's two different kinds of people in the Christian world when it comes to preaching. You have true believers who do their best to spread the genuine genuine word of God. My great-grandfather was one of these people. And then you have your Jim Bakers, Jerry Fowles of the world, who are in it for the game. And now I do respect a good con man. I do. If you're a grifter, that's a hell of a grift. 
but I don't feel sorry for you when your comeuppance come. No. When you asked where that verse came from, tithing is in Leviticus. Right. That's where the prosperity gospel gets its main tether from, its thesis statement, if you will. Yeah. Um, is to give on to the Lord what is the Lord's and on to Caesar what is Caesar's. Is, is the New Testament is the translation of that for when Jesus is speaking. Um, and I'm not going on the whole theory of Jesus appearing in the Old Testament because he doesn't. <laughs> but that's just a theory. Yeah. A Bible theory. Thanks for watching. Join Chris's First Creek Church of the Human Stone. <laughs> you get a free rock and a Bible upon entry. And we kill one person in the crowd because <laughs> they wore two different types of clothing. Uh, well, well, to uh, continue down your line of path, but to finally put a name to all this, uh, all this perfectly ties into Benny Hinn. Yeah, Benny Hinn. Uh, the grifter of grifters. Yeah. The king of thieves. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy was a showman. The ultimate showman. You had to. like So... We love Marvel movies. Oh, we yeah. love DC movies. We love we love you know. Sometimes we watch wrestling, horror movies. And we we love media. Yeah. But when you get a stage show, like I love plays. I genuinely am a fucking theater nerd when it comes to that. I'm not on the theater, but I love going to the theater when I can. Because what they do on a stage show has to be very practical and look cool. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest things I ever saw was an Edgar Allan play. Edgar Allan Poe play of the still beating heart and this guy picks up what looks like a heart but they put something on it to make it shiny and put a light on it and it shined in the whole damn theater and when you're sitting off center in the theater it's fucking terrifying because it's like it's looking at me all right it's looking at me in the eyes yeah you know it's like, it's like eyes that follow you in, in the night um but if you're going to something like that and you gotta remember Benny Hill was a stadium yeah like massive yeah like red rocks or some shit like, <laughs> <laughs> like are you ready for a gospel tonight come down to the pineville palladium this night to my 1987 september 10th jim open it up as jim baker and the baker boys <laughs> God with their hit song muddy in the box it's just man of the box. <laughs> I'm just a cord in the box. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Benny Hunt wound up doing a lot of the stuff that you were kind of leading into earlier. He was the one that had an earpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would have his wife off stage yep. feeding him people's names. First row, second column, section B. Her name is Martha. She is suffering from uh, pneumonia. She, uh, she can't breathe very well. Is there a Martha here this evening? Oh, Where's Jesus, Martha? I'm right there? here. Oh. I'm right here. I can't mm-hmm. breathe. And, and probably the, like the, of all the different clips I saw of him doing that, for some reason, the one that hit me the weirdest, like the slimiest one, you see him like pulling this girl up and you hear in his earpiece, her address is 1431 Baker Street. And he just looks her square in the eye. He's like, 1431 Baker Street. I see all the angels around your house. Your place is secure and safe. This, that, and, the other. and I'm just like, you motherfucker. Did you ever hear the recording of his last one? 
I'm not sure. I, I heard a lot when of the recordings. He got, so a documentary crew found out what he was doing and tapped into the radio signal that he was listening. Oh yeah, to. yeah, that's the one I'm uh, talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Benny, Benny. But if you can't can, hear me, can you hear me, Benny? And if you he can't, just like you're in trouble, and he's still going because uh-huh. he don't give a fuck. Like that's like it's not evil. Like in that's evil. like coke fueled. Well, it's like it's not evil in the sense of evil. It's cunning, which is just evil smart. <laughs> I don't want to say depravity. Yeah, it's a little depraved. Yeah, it's a little bit because he's he's hunting. Basically, he's hunting on good natured people. It's like how you catch a rabbit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He was also uh, so so. He had two methods. One was the earpiece. Mm. After the earpiece thing was found out, they laid low for a few months. Mm-hmm. They came back, no earpieces. However, a new thing was introduced: prayer cards. Yeah. Now we're using prayer cards. They're willingly providing all of the information mm-hmm. to them, and all of a sudden, Benny gets on stage and has all these names, addresses, revelations and ailments. And yeah, he's doing revelations. Oh, yeah. And that's when, uh, in the first part, it's very simple. And it isn't until that prayer card thing that he actually starts getting into the realm of the supernatural, where is another person who does this that's very popular from our time as a kid is John Edwards. Oh, man, I forgot about John that John Edwards didn't use prayer cards. He uses what is cold fishing, where he'd look at a group of people and go with, I feel that someone here is dealing with a heart issue. Fun fact, heart problems is the number one medical problem in America. So it's a shotgun approach, and then you start narrowing down. And that's what Benny Hinn did yep. later on. Yep. And then that game just got thrown out entirely with Benny because Benny ended up doing faith healing on the stage. That was going to be my next yeah. bit. Did you ever see faith healing up close? In the flesh? Yeah. No. Not in the, never in the flesh. Uh, there was plenty of times I remember seeing him on TV. Um, I know that my mother did not abide him, but mm-hmm. my grandmother was hook, line, singer. She believed it. Yeah. Um, I this this <laughs> this ties right back into the grandma church. Yeah. So much of that Benny Hinn shit happened at this church. This yeah. isn't church one or two. This is that other one I remembered yeah. while we were talking the grandma's church. That's the church that I learned what speaking in tongues was. Yeah. This is the church that I learned about laying hands, and I was told I had that power yeah. because I could speak in tongues. Oh, yeah. I remember literally, like, because I heard other people doing it, and I was like, okay, so they're going, huh, okay, I can do that. And I remember just fucking off one day when I was there and I just started doing it too. Yeah. And my grandmother looked at me, she's like, you can speak in tongues? And I was like, I I guess. I guess. I mean, I'm just... And I even remember kind of going, like, I just, I'm making noises. She goes, yes, but that's just, how, that's what it is. And like, she was, she was just like, all in it. My first reaction to seeing some speaking in tongues was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And the thing is, is like, looking back on it now, I'm just like, I can't it's like 
they get you so in it they get you so much believing mm. that you're not crazy that you're not you're not playing into the moment yeah. you're not feeling the you're not paying attention to the emotional manipulation of the music yeah. and the specific phrasing and the hive mind justification of everyone around you is saying the same thing. You're getting confirmation bias. You're not walking out into the street speaking tongues of someone like a Chris Morrison walking up to you going, what the fuck is this? Hey, man, are you having a seizure? Yeah, you're looking you around and the head honcho man is going good job you play into it yeah. so that especially it, when you're younger and you're being told this is correct this is the authority figure you need to listen to so speaking in tongues is a old time religion tactic during revivals the only thing about see the only thing about this grift is they moved it from the tent to the stadium okay just like wrestling from the fairgrounds to the fucking you know the the Bojangle Stadium. You know it's, it's no different. You know it, it's still the same show. It's just on a bigger stage. Um, speaking in tongues comes from the part of the Bible when they're talking about the Tower of Babel, where originally all man spoke the same language, built a tower to God, and he shot that shit down, and made them all speak different languages so they couldn't work together, and thus why there's different people, and why there's different languages. That's what that is. See, now we now I have a reason why it's there. Okay. There are so many outs written in the Bible to explain every question you have. And there's one penultimate one in the book of Isaiah that says, You are not to know the will of God. Ever. Only God knows. You are to have I've heard that one so yeah. many times. But it's the act of faith. And when you're standing there speaking in tongues, imitating those people around you, you're not crazy. You're just adapting to the scenario. This is the the end-all, be-all of you get used to stuff really quickly. And that's the excuse, which comes into play with people like Jim Jones, where you'd be surprised what you get used to. Because Jim Jones didn't speak in tongues, per se, but he did use faith healing. He said he was a arbiter of God. He could use the power of faith alone and heal you. In fact, he was shot in front of his own church, and the bullet wounds disappeared from his body. And people believe this shit wholeheartedly. It's not that he hired a guy to take pop shots at him, and he had little blood squibs. Like that's what happened. Like he pulled a fucking like. FX, like uh, FX moment, and just like, oh yeah, this is fucking awesome. Well, again, it's all the show. Um, you know, it, while kind of doing a little bit of basic research on this, the one common thing across all of this from people that were like in congregations that are coming out and speaking on it, it's all in the music. Yep. The music is the first hook. Because think about it. Well, for certain for, parts. For, for, for I would say for most because because think about this for even a non-religious person mm -hmm. they can relate to the fact that if they're watching 
a movie or a TV show and that music swells just right, that emotional moment, either good or bad, is amplified. So you've got your entire congregation raising their hands out in a tent, speaking in tongues, and you've got that acoustic music playing just right and it's swelling. And the guy up front is, in the name of Jesus, we praise thee, yada, yada. The, if the music wasn't there, the impact isn't as much there, but they're creating that aura and element and having the music swell with yeah. certain spots. If the music wasn't there, they wouldn't have as much of a stranglehold. That's why places like Hillsong and other large Christian musical groups have such a stranglehold is because they know without that, the word means nothing. Yeah. So when it came to like the transition from revivals to like your regular mom and pop shop church, um, a circuit is formed in the in the late seventies, early eighties. A musical circuit. Um, I cannot name a single band from these groups, but I know people who go to church. You can name all of them because they play at these churches for money. <laughs> so, Think about that for one. Minute. So if you went to a church like I went to as a teenager, they would pull money from the tithing fund and pay these people to come to your church and sing even though that's what you're doing every fucking weekend unless it's Super Bowl Sunday so you don't go to church (laughs) it's wasting your time the spread's already in everybody knows who won (laughs) but uh yeah they just show up yeah and play and play and fucking play um I know a guy uh who lived next to a church and they had electric guitars and drums. I'm just like, not in my goddamn life. Are you kidding me? Play something real if you got all that equipment. If you got all the stuff, might as well play something good. So on that, uh, church number one, the one with the really cool youth group, uh, part of the reason it was a really cool youth group is the guy that later kind of got pushed out um, allowed me to have a youth group band. And his only rule, no songs about sex and no cussing. If it doesn't include that, you're free to play it. Oh, oh man, that open. Dude, we were playing like uh, the Anthrax time ticking in my head. We were playing Ramon songs. I mean, man, we were kicking ass. And it, and again, it came from the thing of like, we don't. I don't care. We don't want you to play gospel music. Gospel Ooh. music sucks. He goes, just play music that's not going to be bad for the kids. And after he left and we had that replacement youth group pastor come in immediately the following week he came up to me in the bassist and was just like yeah i need you to submit all the songs that you've been playing and the bassist was older than me like he kind of helped with the youth group he grew up there and now yeah. he just helped i had to be maybe in my mid-teens he was probably in his mid-20s he was the first one to pipe up why do we have to submit anything to you He's just like, well, you know, I just want to make sure, you know, the, the subject matter is okay. And he's just like, well, you know, I, I feel like, you know, my discretion and, you know, person that's no longer here's discretion was good. You know, I, I think we're doing okay. He goes, in the name of the Lord, back the fuck up. Yeah, in so many words. And, and he was just like, uh, well, you know, I, well, you know, part of the reason I also just think, you know, maybe if we wrapped in one or two gospel songs, you know, but played it like y'all style. Like a Creed song? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you, you trying to shoot? Like a Flyleaf song? They're kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> that's we li- can do that Columbine song. That's a fucking banger of a hit. <laughs> Literally, this, it's my one rock and roll moment because it felt like those like movie moments where it's like you're finally sitting down at the record executive's mm-hmm. office and we can't like, play this shit on the radio. It yeah. fucking sucks. <laughs> we'll, we'll sign you, but you have to cut your hair, trade out your drummer, you know, all this shit. It's what it felt like. Get rid of your black drummer. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> it doesn't fit the aesthetic. I remember at the end of it, the bassist and I just standing up. We just kind of looked at each other. We knew what was coming, and we'd look back at him, and I was just like, then I guess you don't have a youth group band anymore, dude. He's just like, well, I don't think that's necessary. I was just like, no. Fuck you. We literally said fuck you to the dude and walked out. I told mom and dad about it later, and they're like, all right, cool. You ain't got to go back. We don't like the new guy anyway. <laughs> we went one further. We went one last Sunday uh, just so we could say bye to some of our friends we didn't see. And didn't put no money in the box, did you? No way. And in fact, that guy's wife was waiting in the parking lot for us to pull up that Sunday morning. Wait, with a shiv and a Bible? She steps on up. She goes, I've been trying to read, because youth group was on Friday nights, and we went back Sunday morning just to say one final goodbye to some folks. God, what a pain in the ass. She walks on up. I have been trying to reach you all weekend long. And mom knew what was up. She's like, oh, yeah, why? She gives her the quick rundown. She's like, so, you know, um, husband's name uh, definitely does not deserve that sort of disrespect. Um, I believe that your son owes him an apology. I was kind of look at her. I just shake my head. No, I didn't say anything, but I was just like, mm-mm. And she's like, no, no, it doesn't sound like he does owe him an apology. Well, he did use foul language with him. Well, you told him how to control his band. Well, that's not very respectful. And I just piped up. I was like, well, that wasn't respectful of him either. <laughs> and then at that point, my dad just finishes off. He goes, yeah, we were going to like, you know, come in, you know, kind of say bye anyway. But um, yeah, I- I'm going to have to agree with my son. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got back in the car and just fucking left. <laughs> um <laughs> So it's it's always really nice to be able this one few moments to be able to just give the middle finger to an authority figure like that. Yeah, because that's what they are. They're they they're a perceived authority. They have no authority. Yeah, but they're a perceived authority. This is kind of like how I feel about extortion, the crime of extortion. Like if your if your Mick ass is coming up to me to tell me I want to beat you up unless you give me money, I'm just going to murder you because no one knows you're here. Do they? Like you're making the rounds and like you're in a sketchy kind of job and people get put in dumpsters all the time in that kind of position you know it would be what kind of world would i live in if i didn't beat you to death in front of my house thankfully all of these things do kind of tie together um but one of the subsections of all this i'd like to dive into is a rather interesting one because it ties into prosperity gospel it's the ones with the guns (laughs) well you never know but it ties into prosperity gospel it ties into the faith healing Mm -hmm. and it also ties into the idea of selling goods that bring you closer to god let's talk about the televangelists especially the televangelists of the late 90s early 2000s televangelists are probably the best showmen in the world if Carnival, Benny Hill, if, Benny Hinn was also if, if, televangelist. If Carnival still existed, 
I'm not talking about your local state fair. Hey, guys, come get on the Tilt the World and watch late night wrestling or the roller derby. I'm talking about step right up, step right here, see the three legged man. <laughs> or, or like the lobster boy. You know, it's just like he's ripping the heads off cats and shit. Or, you know, like that kind of carnival. Yeah. I just read a book about a lobster boy who killed his family. It's fucking hilarious. This <laughs> is kind of stuck in your head. It, it's stuck in my head. Because he had like, he, he had. It's called tactophilia, which basically means abortion fingers. But like, later, I'll talk to you later. I, I'm going to pull a Chrissy. Stop it. Stop it. Where's your chunkla? Huh? You throw something at me too, motherfucker? Because I'll fight you like a man. I got an empty glass. <laughs> oh, you throw an empty glass at me. We're, we're going downstairs, motherfucker. I don't care if it's a mirror apartment, motherfucker. We're fighting. <laughs> Rachel's going to have to call the cops on me. She's going to get real uncomfortable real quick. She's going to forget about that spider that she's talked about in the bathroom. <laughs> Little Miss Moffat's gonna get scared real quick. <laughs> but no. But no, um, so, so televangelists with the prosperity gospel, it spreads to people who can't go to the church. And what it does is it creates the uh, the old fashioned hotline number. Hey, call now. The old seven hundred club. The seven hundred club. Uh, Pat Robertson uh, died this year, so hell got more bigoted uh, <laughs> recently. Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland. Uh, also, Joyce Meyer. Um, uh, oh, God. If we're going Creflo down that Dollar, route. Uh, um, T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes. Creflo Dollar. Uh, and then you had, um, you already said Kenneth Copeland. Uh, the one from Texas. The one that had all money in the walls. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. Anyway. Him. him. Yeah. But uh, it's so funny bringing these guys up because they showed up on television every Sunday morning. And when we stopped going to church, my mom would watch it. She never spent money on it. She never sent money. But she watched it because that was that old church feeling, right? Because she just didn't want to go to the church. And fun fact, you don't have to go to church. You really don't. I'm not saying because of the new technological age. I'm just saying the Bible says you don't have to. (laughs) It literally says that in the book of Luke. It says, the kingdom of heaven is in the hearts of man and not in the land of the Lord. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's a grift. Uh, but no, they hit the stadium preaching. Yeah. That's, that's, it's the same thing we've talked about earlier, but now it's on television and holy Jesus is the only way to describe that. <laughs> no, I, I remember that distinctly. Joel Osteen. Thank you. The big one. Thank you. Hey, Houston's flooding. The church is closed. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Damn. But it's above sea level. I don't give a fuck. See, (laughs) so many of those names, and, and, and and this also goes to show how easy it was to make people forget or try to separate. So I know that mom very much saw Jim Baker, um, Jerry Falwell, those kind of people. She definitely saw them for who they were. And she she was very much against that. She's like, those are not people of the Christian faith. Those that are is- wheeling and dealing Christians, sinners and sheep and wolf's clothing. Absolutely. But let's put on Joyce Meyer. Let's Same. put on T.D. Jakes. Same grift. Let's put on um, Joel Olstein. Yeah. I remember when we got DirecTV, 
uh, there was like this block of two or three channels up near the thousands or whatnot. There was the gospel music channel. Uh, TCN, the Christian Network. TCN was the main one. And then you had GCN, mm-hmm. which was the 700 Club and Pat Robertson. Yeah. Uh, and even that, she she wasn't fully down on the 700 Club either. She Even that one, she was like, eh, on. Before, before we start, did you have Dish Network? Direct TV. Direct TV. So... Okay, oh, he's leaning forward. Give, give me a second. You're looking at the guide. I got MTV, MTV2, VH1, VH12, VH1 Classics, a Dead Space Channel, Fuse, right? right? G4. Yeah, no, no. A Dead Space Channel, Fuse, five Dead Space Channels, G4, two Dead Space Channels, and GCN, TCM, and fucking G- Oh, that's how I remember television, boys and girls. The guy. <laughs> Dead ass. That's probably the reason why I found G4 TV in the first place. Hey, what's down here? Yeah. Have <laughs> oh, you still got a channel down there? Holy shit. Oh, wow. There's video games on this. And it is like if you kept going down, you'd run into like pay-per-view channels. And Telemundo. <laughs> and Telemundo. Yeah, we had Telemundo for some fucking reason. Right? I never why watched. was that included in the package? I don't know. Same reason IFC was included in the package, which was all by itself. Yeah. All by its lonesome. So uh-huh. like you had your locals and your new stuff. And like fuse and stuff. But if you went to like, I think it was like 325, which is like HBO, and then Cinemax, and then Stars and Showtime. At the very bottom of the list was IFC, and it was free because it had it was actually highlighted that you could click on it. Yep. <laughs> it was blue. <laughs> the, the rest were yellow. Kids, you don't know anything about this <laughs> bullshit we went through, motherfucker. We had to find our channels on our cable. Our parents didn't tell us shit. But I, but I don't know who it was from, but I remember there being many times um, we would get a package in the mail, and it had that, like, anointed mineral oil yes. and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, so uh, that, that was part of the grift. It was either that or cloth. Uh, all you had to do to initiate this was call them. And what they would do is they would run your phone number back and find your address and back then most of the time your your phone number was attached to your physical address so So you're calling from a landline yeah and also your physical address was your mailing address uh we were lucky enough to have a p.o box so nothing got sent to our goddamn house um because drunks kept running over our mailbox (laughs) that's exactly what happened Uh, so with that being said it only takes one and it's non fucking stop a great example of this is john oliver on last week tonight where he decides to write them directly and they send him an envelope with a piece of cloth and then he proceeds to get more he doesn't respond to the first one keep in mind and then they send him a dollar a whole dollar bill and they said send this dollar back with another to sow your faith in Jesus, you know, and he kind of adds it up a little bit. He's like, "So now I have to give you another dollar and a stamp. <laughs> Send it back." And then he showed it. He's like, "Within ninety days, he had a stack of fucking mail, physical mail, sent to him, and he only responded once." And it was filled with so much bullshit. And it is fantastic to think about the... When we talk about like scam artists and stuff like that, people are scamming your... Like people would call your cell phone that you... I don't know that number, so click. Yep. But like it literally says spam call like on the ID. It's just like... 
you had no way to stop it back then. And today you still don't. Oh yeah, you still get emails from Amazon. But like, they still use the mail today. They still use your mail. Like, when's the last time you actually got a letter from someone? Right. You know, been a while. It's exciting when it's not a bill. You know, it's yeah. exciting. It's exciting when it's from someone, even if it's like an invitation. Even or something. if it's slightly suspicious, like you're just like, who the fuck's sending me a letter? Yeah. And maybe Is there it, anthrax in this? Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not 2002. <laughs> back, back when you had to live a little. Come on, man. We're, we're in the time frame. I had to stick in it. Yeah, we're that direct TV time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you remember, you remember dance, uh, the Dance Naked game they used to do on Fuse? Uh, the Pants Off Dance, dance off. off. Fucking fantastic. Let's break that up. <laughs> Gotta love classic God, Fuse. Goddamn sinners. <laughs> Ruining VH1s. VH1s sucked because it was just fucking aisle of the 90s <laughs> every day but, but yeah that that kind of stuff just blew my mind like and it was really odd just kind of like growing up and just seeing now all of these people kind of getting exposed yeah. and being under the mind frame of no 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 this is the new age the sitting like all the old people td mm-hmm. jakes is speaking the word you know joyce myers know what's up you know they're not like the others the one that got me is the uh, Creflo Dollar needs a new jet preaching. He has a he has a jet that he flies around the country in to spread the word of God. Whatever he does with it, I really don't give a shit. He's earned that money <laughs> in a really fucked up way. Earned. Hey, he's a scam artist, man. Scammer's gonna scam. Uh, yeah. Until I catch him with like a bag and a bat, like he can keep it. Like, until I catch the motherfucker like a Fraud leprechaun. Fraud isn't really earning, though. <sighs> we'll talk about Miss Cleo later. <laughs> um, call me now for Jesus. But when he's preaching, like, I need this jet. Yeah. Or the uh, the TD Jakes guy. It's just like, you ain't got enough money to cover rent. Send me some money. It's like, you motherfucker. Well, and that's, see, that's the only way to respond to that, like, if you're not part of the game. And it's just like, you mother. Fucker. Well, talking about the whole, you know, showmanship of it all. Mm-hmm. One aspect of the prosperity gospel that's so dirty and scammy is much like the idea of never trust a faith-based Christian that wears glasses. Glasses. They're Jim Joneses. Yeah. Or David Koresh's. Well, 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 not even that, but like, don't trust a faith healer that wears glasses. He can't even heal himself. He yeah. can't heal you. That that kind of goes into the whole psychic thing. It's just yeah. like if you're so fucking psychic, how how are you so poor? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know, it, under that same mind frame, you can't fully sell your faith based prosperity teachings if you're not wearing Gucci. Yeah. If you're not wearing your five thousand dollars, look at all this drip. This God also has be given yours. Me this. Just put a dollar in the box. Yeah. Uh, God has given me this, not you. Mm-hmm. Through faith, you give it to me, but through the power of God. So, therefore, by the transitive property, God gave it to me. Yep. And if we were to keep going, the government gave it to you because they printed the fucking money. Uh, but no, it's like I remember, like I remember seeing this and just kind of being even off put by it in like my early teens, but then like seeing a compilation of it recently. Homie kind of is going full, like what the fuck? Yeah, homie is coming out like full Steve Harvey like sparkle suit, mm-hmm. talking about how much he spent on this different yeah. shit, and then 
in the next breath. I need money. Pointing right at the camera going, so if you want this kind of life, make sure you call that phone number right there. You talk to one of our representatives. They were going to get you connected up. We're, we're going to send you three free books in the mail. All we need from you is your promise and pledge to continue to fund this church. And this prosperity is going to be coming back tenfold to you yeah, in tenfold. the name of God. Tenfold, eightfold, sixfold, whatever. Yeah. I just want that event seven. Yeah. That event seven thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was like eighth grade rock. Um, <laughs> But man, I'm kind of. This is where I get divided because I respect the grift because it's very. You have to be. You have to be fluent, confident, uh, and you have to keep the game up. You can't just like. You're not going to see Joel Olstein slumming it in fucking Nashville one day. Hey guys, you guys want to get fucking shit faced at the Whiskey River? No, he. You're never going to catch him. Do some sherm. You want to do some sherm? Yeah, you're not going to see fucking Creflo Dollar just junked out in fucking L.A. You know, it's like you're not going to see that. But they also stick to a certain place. They stick to the South. Joel Olstein, I think, is based out of Houston. Creflo Dollar's Atlanta, maybe Charlotte, ever Charlotte area. but one person we didn't bring up because he was on the up and up the whole time was uh, the one from Charlotte. Billy Graham. Billy Graham was the evangelical preacher of North Carolina. We still got the Billy Graham Library. Yeah, uh, Billy Graham Parkway. Uh, Franklin Graham Memorial Center. You know, like, that guy was on the up and up to a point, but he wasn't a televangelist. He did te- he, he evangelized on television, but he wasn't like put a dollar in the box. People from, just did it. From what I remember, his main problem was he kind of spread a lot more hate than love. Like, Toward the end, yeah. yeah. But he's also one of the ones that had the most radical fucking uh, uh, preaching moments that was ever recorded was he gets on stage and says... Christianity is not a black man's religion and pauses. And then he says, it's not a white man's religion or Asian man's religion. And he's doing this. And what he's doing is he's putting people in their fucking place. He's like, Jesus didn't look like me or you. He looked like the people of his time. Now, at the time he gives this, pre, uh, this, this, you know, sermon, people are like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, very uncomfortable but he's very liberal with it in the beginning so that's the one thing i respect about billy graham in the beginning like he's very liberal in the beginning and he goes full tilt buggy by the end like yeah <laughs> he goes he didn't go jim jones and like murder a bunch of people but like <laughs> he but, was on the, but he went back and went so remember what i said about the browns yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> he's on the up and up till the end uh, this is how, all right. So this is this is a kind of a theory I have. So your Creflo Dollars, your TD Jakes, and all them guys, they're all scammers. They don't believe a word of it. I think Joel Olstein believes every word of it and still just wants the money. And so does Joyce Meyer. Yeah, they're totally in the game. They gotta have it. I just got to have the money. But they also believe that God is letting them do this. It's a, it's it's a weird it's a weird defense. If I, if they were killing people, <laughs> like God will let me do it, so like I had to do it. Mm-hmm. But with the with the whole grift itself, it is the perfect grift because you can't prove that God didn't tell me this. 
See, that's that's the, that's the burden of proof that you gotta that you gotta put in, and because we live in the United States, is churches are tax havens. You can do whatever you want with that money. If you give money to a church, that money pretty much disappears from the from the economy, pretty much. So if you think about how much money is actually free flowing around, probably upward to a billion, maybe a billion and a half. Yeah, you're talking about a whole GDP of growth just disappearing into the church game. But go uh, and one little maybe side trail to that again, just so much of it's kind of popping back. I don't know if there's still one in Charlotte. It definitely didn't have the kind of size that the other spot I'm thinking of did. Remember the Jesus Superstores? Yeah, they still exist. I don't see them as much. They're anymore. usually they're usually near like flea markets. They're part of a strip mall. Uh, that's where you can get uh fuck. What are they called? All your fun Jesus memorabilia. Well, yeah, you you get like artwork and stuff like that, but you also get like chick tracks and shit like that, chick uh, chick pamphlets. Well, so the the one I'm thinking of, there was one in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and it was like a newly opened shop. And bro, this thing was like the size of like two Barnes and Noble. Yeah, and like it had everything in there from like parody shirts the one parody shirt that sticks in my mind forever it was a harley davidson logo and it said harley davidson motorcycles it said hardcore jesus freak yeah <laughs> well, it's, a, it, it, it's one of those things that you'll see in very niche areas mm-hmm. uh, like where i live there is a, a christian wholesale uh, area where you could buy hips by the pallet. Um, well, see, but this—I know what you're talking about. This was almost more of an extension of that televangelist mega church vibe mm-hmm. because when you walked in, you had like a thousand different. And like, keep in mind, this is all very colorful and bright and pop. It's not like you know, get your you know supplies for your church here. This is like Walmart, like a roses. A really nice roses, like yeah. almost noted. It's more of a target. Yeah, it was a target. It's a giant Jesus outlet, just shit. Like an outlet store. Yeah, but like trendy, mm-hmm. like cool shit up on the walls. They had like big TVs showing like Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer. You had like you know your specialty Jesus necklaces and your T-shirts and your workbooks for kids. Yeah, the further south you go, the more you see that. That was such a weird, like, I remember even going in there as a kid and just being like, this is weird. Yeah. This is weird. And a lot of it had, like, the propaganda books in there. Like, uh, remember, this is, like, you know, early 2000s when I went in. I remember there being a book about how evil the Simpsons are. Yeah. And, like, that kind of shit. And it's like, you know, get your VeggieTales collection here. <laughs> and I didn't know VeggieTales was Christian. Right, because I never watched it, and I didn't know what the fuck it was. I'm like, why are people? I thought it was like for like little little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, no, they're it's for like five and six year olds. And uh-huh. I was like, what? VeggieTales was cool though. I, I, I fucked with some VeggieTales yeah, as a kid. I, did, I, I did, liked I was, it. I was watching Gundam, <laughs> fucking Dragon Ball Z. But all of that to lead up to saying, there was also an entire section of holy water yes and mineral water and like mineral yeah. oils rather mm-hmm. what is the obsession with mineral oil so mineral oil uh the way it's manufactured uh is part of the unilever group uh the unilever group is a group of 
Zionist businessmen. Please understand that's their term, Zionist businessmen, which just means Jewish businessmen. It sounds very anti-Semitic when it comes out of my mouth for some reason. <laughs> You're just not ha- saying anything. You're using it, the l- actual definition. So it is blessed by a rabbi. So here's a fun fact about evangelicals that people don't kind of understand. They have a hardcore tie to the Jews of Israel because of their beliefs. That's it. They spend so much money in that area because they're tied together. Um, There is a large evangelical community where I live, um, and there's an older couple uh, who say they have spoken to the leader of Israel on the phone casually. So if that tells you how much tie they have to that area, that's what that means. But apart from that, it is give me money, give me money. Because that same old couple is the same way. Mm -hmm. They expect people to bend the knee a little bit whenever they're around. And when they don't see someone that will, they'll just not so much shun them as just ignore that they exist. Uh, especially outside of their realm of power. Um, no different than like seeing a cop out of uniform. Yeah. They still think they're a cop. They're not. <laughs> you could black bag them. No one gives a shit. But, but it just always amazed me. It's just like, you know, if any grifters are listening to this show trying to get some ideas, fucking just buy some mineral water. I mean, start min- a mineral oil and start just sell that shit, bro, because the. I, these people will go insane for fucking mineral oil. I don't get it. So, so me and Mikey are leaving uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, me and Mikey will be leaving for West Virginia soon. Um, well, this weekend at the time of this recording, uh, Bridge Day in West Virginia is going to be happening. I've been to this event. One of the people that set up tents are the uh, Holy Rollers. Let's call that. They sell the mineral oils. And they sell the holy waters, and they sell the little knick-knack prayer cloths and stuff like that. The whole time people are jumping off this bridge and parachuting down, I'm just like, those are the guys you got to target. <laughs> Not me with a lemonade in my hand trying to walk to the next bar down the street. Like, don't man. look at me, motherfucker. I'm trying to get a fucking Clamato and vodka over here. Like, Look, man, if they're selling little vials of holy water and it's not ridiculous... I want one for myself. I'll get you one, man. <laughs> I'll Venmo you the cash. <laughs> no, God pays in cash, my friend. God is not about the electric dollar. He is about cold, hard cash. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure there's some uh, televangelists they, now that are you know, popping out their thing, Venmo codes. You know, that's one thing I haven't noticed, but then again, I haven't really wanted to notice, is if... They just get on the TV. Come join us now, brother. Call the number on the screen, or you could cash at me and just cash out the goddamn <laughs> thing on the podium. Oh my God! Can you imagine on the dais? He's just got a cash app fucking QR code. It's just like you need Jesus. Click your cell phone right now. Just keeps it keeps it on the screen for like a good fifteen seconds. He's like, you guys got TiVo? You can pause it. <laughs> oh my God! Go, Click. <laughs> <laughs> Or even fucking worse, you know, call the number on the screen now or download our app. And so, they've got like a oh. monthly subscription or weekly subscription. So what people, people don't realize is uh, 
you could download the Bible to your phone very easily. It's just like a simple Bible app. But those apps are tied to those certain churches. And because they maintain the app, they sneak in some terms of use in there that people don't really know what they're fucking doing. So sometimes their phone bill will go up because it's tied to their fucking phone. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous because you can just go to the Dollar Tree and buy a Bible for like two bucks. King James Version, that's all you need. That's all New you Testament. Need. And what's funny is part of the mysticism of of how they tell the stories. Like one of is as like Brother John has been part of this church. He's tithed and gave and sowed his faith and his house burnt down. And you know what didn't burn? His Bible. Fun fact about Bibles are uh, the paper in a Bible isn't quite what we know as paper. Like not like newspaper, not that cheap shit. It's finely, finely pressed paper and bound together so tightly air can't get to it so their flame doesn't burn it yeah that's why it didn't burn but the whole time he's talking about this bible didn't burn he never said hey can we put some extra money to buy brother john a house like you motherfucker like this is a million dollar ministry who is like making like 200 million dollars a year probably so talking about again, get this motherfucker half a meal and build like two houses. Again, talking about Bibles and uh, mineral oil, we saw a clip earlier. There was this church, and unfortunately, they didn't name the church in the clip uh, that claimed Genovese's First Baptist Church and Grill. Might as well. Th- that was Baptist claiming <laughs> that their Bible started excreting excreting mineral oil again the fascination with fucking mineral oil to the point where they had it full in like a bucket and like when they were like using the bible to like bless one of their people or like you know anoint them oil is like dripping out of the bible but like certain words and passages were never touched and it's like very poignant things if i was making a horror movie i'm pulling that I'm putting black dye in that mineral oil, and I'm putting my evil book to someone's face, and this black just goo run down their face. <laughs> and it's like that is metal as fuck. Yeah, as a showman <laughs> at an Alice Cooper show, <laughs> and, and we saw a clip too where uh, someone from the congregation was saying that the bi- I actually wrote down the exact number because it just it blew my fucking mind. It, like shitted out pieces of silver. Yes. Um, <laughs> More oil will come out of the Bible used for healing and has produced over 80 pieces of silver. Yep. And they said they took it to a jeweler and they found out that it was 100% pure, untampered with silver. A news report later came to find out that the head minister was heading to the local tractor supply, buying said mineral oil and filling up a tub and just placing the Bible in it. Because once they tested a vial sample of the mineral oil, it tested positive to be the exact same mixture and blend that the tractor supply sold. (laughs) Yeah. God damn it. No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's nature of the beast, baby. And before we get too far into this, oh, we, we still got two hours to go. What are you doing? Oh yeah, this is gonna be a multi-part. Yeah, but all of this to say, this isn't time period sensitive. 
you know, we're talking about a lot of like 60s, 70s, even late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s kind of folk. Just because YouTube is a thing and, you know, so many people are becoming a little bit more educated when it comes to the realities of, you know, people's abilities to heal. You also have churches cropping up over the last 10 years like Bethel. I was completely unaware of Bethel until about maybe three hours ago before three hours before you showed up because digging in and reminding myself of all this different stuff. I started seeing this place called Bethel church pop up and I'm like, the fuck is this? I click it and Bethel has a church under their umbrella because apparently Bethel is an ideology of Christianity. So you could have the Bethel church of Charlotte the Bethel Church of yada yada, and they all work under the same pretense, like a First Baptist. They have a school called the School of Supernatural Ministry. Yeah. Let me repeat that. The Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. I want to do an entire episode on these guys. Wednesdays and Thursdays is ghost hunting night, man. Come on down. They are, imagine a youth group in which instead of learning your Bible verses and learning about your biblical figures and your biblical lessons, you're being taught how to faith heal. You're being taught how to provide these, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to botch the phrasing, like immaculate predictions or whatnot, or like, you know, you're, you're vague seeing into the futurisms. And they also, thank you. Yes. And this church, basically a school for profits. And this school on their website says that they encourage their congregation to make false claims that they cannot proceed in the rankings of the church unless they have a few false predictions and learn how to clean that mess in a loving environment. Yeah, so this is a great example in history form of a group called the Millerites. Uh, the Millerites is where we get the term 